Kat, how do you have your tea? Oh, uh, have you got any dairy-free milk? Got some oat milk. That'll do. Uh, with two sugars, please. Two sugars. Hi everyone, welcome to Recruit Tea. I'm your host, Emily Furbank, and we're going to be spilling the tea on the good, the bad, and the ugly of the recruitment industry. I'm going to be joined by an array of different people with various different backgrounds so we can get their point of view on what makes a real successful recruitment business. Come and join me for some tea. Yours looks a lot stronger than mine. <laughs> I've obviously made myself a very weak Thank you. tea. Okay. Ooh. No, that's perfect colour. Thank you. I always go off what colour tan I'd like. <laughs> mm. Here with Kat, our head of branding at Orbition Group. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, we're going to be speaking a bit more about kind of branding, the importance of branding when that comes to kind of company branding, personal mm -hmm. branding, mm -hmm. why it's important, ways to go about it. So I suppose it'd be nice first off just to hear a little bit about your journey with branding and how you kind of got to, to where you are today with Artbition. Yeah, well I suppose before I jump into my journey it's probably best to define the difference between because what we'll end up doing is talking about a bit of both of company branding and then personal branding so I now find myself in Orbition in a very kind of formal marketing branding role but um, you know what we've spoken about in the past and my journey has been very much on the personal side now yeah. company branding I would say is what you expect when you see logos and colors and tone of voice you know how you interact with say Greg's versus Subway versus KFC they, they all yeah. have a particular vibe to them and that's your that's your company branding personal branding is about you as a human it's, it's how people interact with you and it's a fairly new slightly annoying term that is now being banded about by a lot of people when really it's just how do you present yourself in the olden days it was just really called PR it was yeah. you know how you curate that image and we think of that in more traditional roles like politicians for example had a very curated role and that's that's personal branding but what we've seen now is an evolution that everyone can do this because of social media um, and, and accessibility to internet, it means that everyone can curate themselves in a way that um, they come off in a, in a desired way for, for their career, or it could be you know, building a brand on social media, if you think of like these um, mum bloggers and all yeah, sorts, yeah, you know, it's yeah. a, a particular journey. So to answer your original question of my journey into this, um, so I grew up in events, and I noticed that there was peaks and troughs. You'd have the build up to an event where you had to really engage your speakers and your attendees and your sponsors. You'd have the event, you'd have the crescendo and then it would just die for six yeah. months. There would be no touch points. Yeah. But that. then you'd find yourself in a cycle of then having to go and find these people again and go, oh, do you remember me from eight months ago? But bear in mind that these fantastic people, you know, I was in, in the data space. So, so being in the data space isn't new to me. And you'd have to go and knock on their door and remind them who you were, which seemed kind of counterproductive to me because yeah. living by that kind of peak and trough, lots can happen in that time. 
so what I started to do was just maintain contact with people a little bit more regularly than say others in in kind of comparable roles in in the industry and then I would just produce my own content on LinkedIn about kind of conversations I was having um, and at the time I was well supported in in my previous organization to go out and you know create content more formal content around that sort of podcast blogs etc yeah. and it was well received and again it was it was about lessening that peak and trough but you can do that for your own career as well so it doesn't just have to be the highlights of you know if we think stereotypically graduating from university yeah first job yeah promotion i mean so much happens in between those three points but we don't talk about it and again it's that peak and trough so what a personal brand can do is it fills in those gaps keeps people engaged and it puts you front in line for job opportunities promotions external validation because people um, within your industry understand you and you can bring that energy back into the business you know if you've won awards for example yeah that really helps with, with having some yeah with yeah. having some clout in the in the business so I guess that's where my interest came from and where I spot spotted that kind of need for not just living and dying by the big events whether yeah. it be life or, or you know being in the event industry but actually evening it out a little bit so that you were a bit more consistent yeah no that makes sense and i think it it also swings into the way that we recruit right that don't just be contacting them every three months because you've got something big coming up it's a case of continuous like communication with people whether it's something little or big just doing it consistently yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely Makes and sense. it's it's been really interesting actually over the last six six months or so looking at the comparisons between the event industry and and the recruitment industry and although obviously very very different poles apart in terms of what they're trying to do but there are some underlying themes so for example I think those who are running events who, you know, say for example, you've got a, you've got this amazing leader who you want to be a keynote and suddenly yeah. they, you know, move jobs or they're, they're waiting for their opportunity. The amount of professionals that would just drop them and be like, well, you're no, you're no use to me now. Mm. And the same yeah. I, I've seen in, in, in other recruitment firms where it's like, well, you, you don't fit this role right now and they drop them. Yeah. Whereas if you are further forward in your thinking, that awesome person is still awesome regardless of where they are currently. And in three months' time, three weeks' time, they're going to be back somewhere awesome. Yeah. And who are they going to remember? The recruiter who dropped them yeah. straight away or the yeah. recruiter that said, hey, keep in touch, let me know what's going on, I'd love to know more about your journey or, you know, got them involved in other activities. Yeah, it's it, again. It's that peak and trough. It's filling that that gap in between, and not just using people when they're useful to you. And it's it's a far more giving relationship. And I think in 2023, that's what people want. They they want a an equal relationship. They don't want it to be being used all the time. We see that in marketing as well. Yeah, you know, it's not just take take take. You've got to give value. You've got to give something yeah. to to receive it back. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and obviously, there's. I mean, I know uh, a lot of companies might kind of come to this but that struggle of being able to juggle having really good company branding and juggling personal branding as well and making sure that you're not just a transactional company branding making it that personal branding and that's from the owner to the employees as well how have you found that you've been able to juggle that by being successful yourself with your personal branding and working 
for a company to get their branding up and running. So I, I've been asked this quite a few times of how do you make sure it aligns? And to be honest, I think it's actually less complex than some people think because personally for me, I would never work with a brand or a team or an executive team that were homophobic, racist, old ways and thinking, yeah, yeah. You know, however, want, however you want to brand it, that's not going to go with my values. Yeah. So when I'm putting up my own personal brand content on LinkedIn about International Women's Day or Black History Month, yeah. that's never going to clash with the company values or views because I would never work for a company like that. So that's kind of the intrinsic value piece. When it comes to the actual branding, Again, there's going to be guidelines, and it does depend on the size of organisation. You know, I've always worked in a you know small to medium term organisation. If you're part of a big conglomerate, big enterprise company, of course there's going to be some sort of guidelines because there needs yeah, to be. Yeah, of course. Um, but generally speaking, as long as you're not trying to be too edgy, if we think of like Gary V's and you know swearing and, and f bombing. If that's part of your company culture and you're being edgy and, you know, there's quite a few different brands I can think of who, you know, very much play up to that. Yeah. That's fantastic. But it is, it is, I would say, still on the more niche side. Yeah. But I do think it's these sorts of concerns that puts most people off of having a personal brand because mm. they don't want to put their head above the parapet, especially if you do have a comms team who is perhaps a little bit more traditional in thinking. Yeah. And a lot of comms teams still have a don't talk about work on social media policy. Yeah. And that goes completely against the ideas of personal brand and actually building some sort of awareness around you as a employee. Yeah. Um, or they have the other challenge of, of having a really strict comms team who want to be involved in approving drafts of posts and things. Yeah. And again, that's just not practical, so people won't do well, it. We've had that conversation before. I've come to you and said, look, I've, I've noticed myself, like my content for my personal branding. I have noticed that a lot of the time <laughs> I struggle and think, oh no, is it going to look like it's Facebook and, and where is that line mm. and how does a company understand where that line is before it kind of goes over the top and what, what would you say the, the, is a good way to go about it? The thing is, and I know you're asking that question specifically about LinkedIn as a platform, mm. and LinkedIn has grown and matured over the last five years or so. You know, previously it was very, very and I say professional with, with air quotations of saying it's a one way of being professional, um, very suited and booted, very, very corporate. Yeah, it's changed a lot as people's personal brands have grown. COVID has had a huge cultural impact on this as well. People were, they kind of were thrown into sharing more about their personal lives and now it doesn't seem as, yeah. as, as, as alien to do so. Um, and the comments where people say, oh, you know, this isn't Facebook. Yeah. I think they're missing the point. Yeah. I've, you know, the, the whole idea is not about sharing your weekend for, you know, for clout. It's about sharing who you are as a person. It's the fact that you've enjoyed hiking or you've enjoyed going to the football stadium with your children. Yeah. It shares a bit more about you. And I can guarantee you in all the content I've created, when someone shares a bit more about themselves, it makes networking easier. Because yeah. guess what? Going up to someone and saying, hey, I'm a head of brand too. They go, cool. That's it. And yeah. where does the conversation go from there? Yeah, but yeah. if they hear that, you know, oh, Catherine, I've heard you're really into gardening. So I'm, I'm just trying to get into my... Suddenly you've got a whole conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So if that, you know, that's one element. Networking becomes easier. 
but also you know again building on values i think in 2023 people are wanting to work with places and work with people whose values align with them yeah. and you're not going to know that about someone until you get to know them unless you yeah. can you know look at their linkedin look at their content they're producing and check them out basically before and you know yeah. again if we link that back to the recruitment space it makes a difference you want to work for a leader you want to work for a boss who's seen publicly praising their team who's seen publicly going out to events and speaking up on stage and sharing yeah. ideas and being innovative or at least i know that's yeah, certainly what i want with it yeah you, you know, want someone that's on board with it because definitely. i know a leader like that is going to encourage me to do the same things because that's what they see value in yeah yeah and just going off that i know you mentioned briefly just before about there has been kind of pushback like a lot of companies sometimes don't understand the power of personal branding so they'll be all for the company branding mm -hmm. but have you have you come across that and what what reasons have the pushbacks been if i don't want my employees to have their own personal brand i mean there's so many but i always think because it is a risk-based discussion that's what that's what this is and i always think back to to a good friend of mine who is a head of um head of financial fraud for for a big bank in the data space and he walked into the executive board and went, I can ensure there is absolutely no fraud, 0%. And yeah. they were all like, oh my goodness, what's the answer? And he goes, right, we don't do business. No, nothing right now. Um, and they go, well, we, we can't yeah. not do business. Yeah. And he went, exactly. So there's always going to be a risk. So now we need to go into the attitude of working together, of collaborating, because there is always a risk. We want to reduce that risk of fraud and we want to reduce that risk of innovation and security and privacy and all of the other things, but there'll always be a risk. So when it comes to companies who put like a hard line down of no socials or they don't encourage it, I think it's because they see it so much as a risk and they don't see the benefits. Yeah. So it's, it's unequal in, in terms of that relationship. But then the, the pushback that, makes the least amount of sense to me is well if they build their personal brand and they leave they take that with them yeah and i think that's problematic because that bleeds into a whole other realm of thinking into the kind of traditional learning and yeah. development side of saying i was thinking about this don't today. don't train people because yeah. what happens if they leave don't you know invest in incentives in case it I mean, what's an awful yeah. environment to work in? Yeah, you're, <laughs> you in, you're in work to learn and, and grow. Like, exactly. of course you want to hold on to your amazing employees, but look, if they're going to grow and grow, then they're obviously going to want to progress exactly. their careers. And I know there can be, you know, challenges with the concept of like golden handcuffs and things, but generally speaking, if you allow someone, you know, if someone's showing real appetite that they really want to push, let's be honest, your brand, because yeah. that's what they're pushing. Yeah. Um, alongside them, the more they're known, guess what? The more you're going to be known. Yeah. It probably puts a bit more onus on your own marketing team to keep up with them and to make sure that yeah. you know they've got logos behind their Zoom walls or they've yeah. got you know, I mean hell hoodies yeah. that say <laughs> the the company name on. You know, allow yourself to go up them up the the ladder of success with them yeah. rather than holding them down from even yeah. attempting to to do it. Because then they're more likely to stay as well, right? It'll swing in roundabouts. Absolutely. Like, what kind of person wants to leave a business that is given the autonomy and the growth opportunities? Exactly, to, exactly. To and then, you know, if they've got the ability, as you say, to have that autonomy and growth, generally speaking, any kind of challenges there of why someone may leave becomes a bit easier. Yeah, yeah. 
pay yeah, rises, sure. incentives. Those are things that you can have discussions with and make a very clear roadmap. But saying to someone, okay, I'm going to give you a bit more autonomy to do, that's very, very conceptual. So if you are giving that type of thing already, that's you know going to be to be very positive. But yeah, it's, it's a very bizarre thing to to not want people to do it in case they leave. And I think that speaks probably more widely of someone's company culture than, than yeah. anything else. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of on the flip of that then, <clears throat> you mentioned um, they, they might not understand kind of the benefits. Do you want to talk through what those benefits are for a company to have a really strong kind of company branding and really strong kind of personal branding? What kind of successes have you seen from companies that really kind of embraced it and, and gone for it? Yeah, so I think this is where, like I mentioned at the beginning, it, it all becomes a bit murky because I think more and more company brands are trying to embrace this kind of singular voice where you almost feel like you're communicating with, with one brand voice um, with, with a human. Because again, we don't want to be doing businesses with this faceless conglomerate anymore. We want, you know, if I think of uh, companies that have done this particularly well, if you think of Duolingo, the language app, you know, the way they've humanized and personified that little bird yeah. It's incredible. You know, you go on TikTok and you can see this mascot running around the office and it becomes a real life thing. Now, I'm not yeah. saying that every every company needs to be going and downloading TikTok and making such similar content. That's not it. But it's finding that that voice and finding that authenticity that people latch to. And then it's the same with, you know, leadership teams and, and things like that. So if you think of one of the real plus sides to having a personal brand as a leader is it means that people are coming to you so mm -hmm. I mean it sounds a bit counterproductive on a recruitment podcast to be saying that but it is it makes it a lot easier and it could be that these people are far and few between but doesn't that make the recruitment life a whole lot easier <coughs> yeah, if you're absolutely. not having to battle with a leader that's nameless and unknown it's saying well hey this amazing leader is looking for a team. It's now my job to help aid who the best person is, yeah. rather than have to do kind of an education piece on who they are and what that might mean. Yeah. Um, so you've got kind of the, the talent acquisition side. Um, and then the, the, the second piece is really just understanding that person's growth and that company's growth as well. People love a story. You know, storytelling is, is as old as the cave paintings humans intrinsically communicate through story yeah so if you can communicate that again in a very personal way in a way that um you know is meaningful for people they latch on to that so suddenly they're happy to take a 40 percent pay cut because they believe in that company's story they believe in their journey and i'm conscious we've, we've spoken about personal branding but it doesn't have to be personal with a little p yeah it's very much you know sharing a bit of yourself but it doesn't mean you have to be talking about your kids doesn't mean you have to be talking about your spouse or anything it can be as as very low level as just what you like to read or or um you know what you what you consider a hobby of interest it doesn't need to be airing all your dirty laundry yeah. for it to be authentic and i think again going back to that piece you were mentioning about the risk factor and the fear factor i think people worry that they're going to be you know opening themselves up to a whole lot but really yeah it's it's very much not that yeah yeah because there's definitely that kind of inbound element because if you're doing that kind of company and personal branding whether it's on linkedin whatever platform you're using there's going to be conversations and then that is that inbound piece of work that it just comes so much more naturally absolutely and, yeah. and i think it's so much nicer to have people messaging you about opportunities 
um, again, you know, if I think about in in uh, my previous role when people were messaging me about, you know, when's your next event? I want to be coming along. That's so much easier than having to go through PAs and go through email addresses yeah. to find, you know, a, a connection with that person. And again, same with what we do here at Orbish and with our community work. We literally have senior data leaders who are incredibly difficult to get hold of messaging us wanting to know how they can be part of whether it's our mentorship or our podcast or things yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't put a price tag on that no of course yeah. you know inbound is much easier it's much nicer and it again but it's because that value exchange you've given something so you know if i put out on linkedin a particular story of something i've you know heard in a meeting someone's told me I've shared a bit, so people want to be part of that because they want to give back. You know, yeah, it's, it's extending that conversation. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, I mean, you, we've obviously spoken about kind of the positives out of that. Have you ever come across any kind of horror stories? There's so, probably the obvious no-nos, but what what yeah. kind of things? I mean, there's there's always going to be the the obvious, you know, the obvious just don't do it type things. But I think, although I think being in the corporate space and doing personal branding in a corporate sense is relatively low risk. Mm. There are certain areas that become more challenging. So, for example, if you work in, if I'm thinking of, of the states, if there's certain governmental departments you work in in certain states in America, yeah. it's going to be difficult for you to maybe air your values in the same way if they slightly conflict or if you know you're you're part of a non-for-profit or charity organization it's going to be challenging the biggest no-nos for me are when you start fighting with people in the comments um don't do that keyboard As, warriors hi. yeah exactly and there, there is always this risk that you will attract trolls you know there are people online who are just going to come and attack you whether they agree with you or not you know linkedin does tend to be a pretty good platform that it doesn't happen yeah. too much twitter slightly different environment again yeah. um so you do kind of have to to be aware of what you're posting and who you're posting it out to um but yeah apart from the the really kind of big no-nos which are you know hopefully would be fairly obvious it is you know, making sure that you remember that you are attaching yourself to your brand, you're attaching yourself to your reputation, so how you act online, screenshots exist, even on messages. Yeah, you know, it's gosh. just that kind of basic cyber safety of don't go saying anything online <laughs> that you wouldn't yeah. happily have posted up on your front door. Um, it's a pretty good way to just think about personal branding. Um, and again, you know, as, as a journey, we, we all develop, we learn, we grow. And I think as long as you go with an agenda of never meaning to offend or, you know, in, incite any kind of negative emotions, you can't go too wrong. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, I know um, I've mentioned this to you before, so obviously we, we always say kind of consistency is key. Um, but when you're starting out doing that personal branding piece and you've never really done the whole LinkedIn content, it, it can be quite hard. I know that I've kind of hit a brick wall a few times of... I don't know what to, what to post about, I, I've not done anything on my weekend, what can my personal post be? What kind of advice would you give someone that is going to start on this personal branding journey to stay con consistent and yeah. what kind of things do they need to remember and, and how simple can it really, really be? Yeah, and you're right, it is, you know, consistency is, is absolutely key. And I think one of the important elements to remember is to not overwhelm yourself. You don't need to be going and writing a blog every day for a month. You know, that's not what this is about. 
um, and consistency can mean once a week. Yeah, it can yeah. be twice a week. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just if you're being consistent with it. Now, you know, when people ask me how many times should I be posting, I always kind of wince at the at the question because there is no hard and fast rule. You know, LinkedIn or, or Twitter or, or wherever is never going to say yes if you post seven times you're going to be ex it, it doesn't work like that because you can post you know once in three months and that does yeah you know incredibly well however we do know um generally speaking if around three times a week is a, is a nice nice reminder to your network yeah that, um you're that you're there this. and you're doing stuff <laughs> yeah um but the quality has to be consistent as well there's yeah. no good posting two times a week being you know rubbish just thoughts that are thrown together and then one piece of very curated quality content it's got to be you know quite quite consistent um quite consistent in its in its quality um but that being said not every post is going to be viral not every post yeah. is going to be a winner and it is additive and it can be and this is where kind of people get get a bit uh, caught up in the metrics and the vanity metrics that you know if it's not receiving hundreds of likes it's not done well but at the end of the day we're all building a personal brand and we're doing this for a reason and as long as those goals are being met then yeah. that's where the value is yeah. so you know I've, I've had posts before now you know, 10 15 likes but then i've had someone drop in my dms and it's ended up in revenued business yeah that to uh, me yeah. is more successful than 200 likes with no one dropping yeah. in my dms offering to, to oh. pay for services um so you you do have to kind of get over get over that piece in the beginning of you know sitting there and watching the likes come in or or not come in in some cases yeah yeah and i know a lot of the time we kind of set ourselves like an agenda of what kind of things and i think i've always found it look if it's not going to come naturally to you then just don't post it because it's not going to be a representation of, of of yourself but what would you kind of say to someone that is obviously in a recruitment business say and they want to set kind of an agenda of kind of personal branding company branding mm -hmm. industry what kind of topics should they be really looking at if that is something that they want to do or could they go completely off scale and just what what would you say the norm looks like for someone that's going to start doing it yeah i think the the easiest place to start is what do you care about and what's close to home is generally speaking easiest to pr produce content and this could be video form written audio however however you want to, to do it so you know what does your nine to five look like uh, within that what do you really mm. care about you know i know you, you've produced content in the past about hybrid working that's an easy place to start again yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to be overly complex to begin with and then i would just kind of expand it out of that so you've got your kind of your personal view and then going out to that the, the company you know what do you care about your company the fact yeah, that you know yeah. do they do pizza on friday and that's like the best thing ever because you get to meet everyone and you've never had that before in previous yeah. organizations and you've been able to connect with people and then beyond that in the industry what do you like about recruitment what don't you like about recruitment yeah what what other industries could we learn from and you can kind of go outwards into the more macro or again just come back into to the more micro view of things of you know how are you with your time management all these sorts of things yeah um so that's how i'd kind of begin but then you know the the internet is is your friend here have a look at what's trending in the news with recruitment you can go on twitter for that you can go on linkedin for that i mean bbc news just type in recruitment are there any stats that are showing that the market's picking up or dropping or 
um, you know, how people are, are interacting in the workplace, has that changed with, you know, yeah. previously having the great resignation, as they called it? These are all great content start points that yeah. I think as long as you can attach somewhat of an opinion to, yeah, then you'll, then you'll okay. be okay. Yeah, it's that not overthinking it a piece, and it, it really isn't rocket science to, to kind Absolutely. of get going. And, and done is better than than no, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's always going to feel hard to just post and leave it, and it, that does take time, and you get used to it. Yeah. But I do think that the the more you over agonise these things, the worse they become. Yeah. And I do advocate for setting a timer and also you know doing it at a practical time so for me that looks like quarter to nine in the morning because i've cleared my emails i've had my cup of tea and no one's booking in a call with me before nine yeah so it's, it's a safe amount of time for me to go in there and spend 15 minutes yeah and i encourage everyone to find a time in their day that it's not going to be interrupted that you can go in intentionally but then also you've set yourself a limit and you've not just doom scrolled whichever social media it yeah. is for two hours without actually getting something back from that as well because that's the danger is that we feel we're being proactive and productive but we're not we're just scrolling for scrolling sake yeah that's a really good point actually about the kind of set doing it in the morning kind of thing even if it's whether you actually physically post it in the morning kind mm -hmm. of organize that mm -hmm. post for that day in the morning because um yeah there's there's loads of things as you say like there's the linkedin news that i did not even know about until the other day when you're like oh have you checked these articles i was like didn't even know that was a thing and there's yep. all these there's so many different sources of, of things that we can go to know definitely when it's come to your own personal posts mm -hmm. what kind of posts have done really well for you and what what kind of successes have you had off the back i suppose as well would be interesting yeah so i mean for me it tends to be when i'm sharing life updates i think that tends to go for most people on linkedin tends to do quite well so promotions moving jobs that type of thing because um, I think in terms of engagement, it's really easy to engage with someone's success or celebration because you can like and react and you can yeah. say congrats and it's quite formulaic in a way. It's almost like when you have a birthday, people know how to react to that. Yeah. Um, so any kind of life events, which I think is pretty um, standard for, for most people on LinkedIn. But then also, you know, bringing people together. It's always done quite well for me on, on LinkedIn. So, you know, before now when I've run particular initiatives, whether it be here or, or in previous roles, and you kind of highlight and tag people, maybe take a photo at an event where, you know, you've brought people together. Yeah. That tends to do quite well because again, you're bringing people in, so you're leveraging, you know, there's a kind of bit of a science behind it. You're leveraging their network, but the art part, uh, point behind it is that people you know want to get involved in that and there's there's that FOMO as well so if you can create that sense of oh I wish I was part of it yeah. people tend to engage quite well with with that for sure yeah definitely no that makes sense well anyway thank you so much for, for taking part and coming on um, really appreciate it no, thank, uh, you. thank you thank you so much cheers Thanks for joining me on Recruit Tea. If you don't already, please do subscribe and leave us a review. And please do join us next time on Recruit Tea for some more gossip. See you soon.